You're listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. What up, peoples? Welcome back. Welcome. Hey, do we get a new uh, crowd in the new intro? No, it's the same same old crowd. They just do sound very excited, don't they? They seem invigorated. They seem like they're they're drinking one of these thousand milligram vitamin C packs, like I'm drinking right now. The old crowd is invigorated, and the new crowd is definitely here, even though they're not in the intro. There's we get we're getting lots of new listeners. I feel like right now every week. So yeah. welcome awesome everybody. Time. Yeah, yeah. Welcome everybody. We uh, we um, we're glad you're here. And uh, to those of you that are back, um, we hope you've been enjoying the show. Uh, yo, how you doing, Jamie? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm doing like two thousand times better. I'm light years better than I was two weeks ago. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah uh, that's kind of <laughs> chilled out on you a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 physical part of it, I don't think I'm gonna get it all back. Cause you know, it's just the way it goes, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I've recovered a lot from it. That's great. And I just, the mental capacity, man, that's what I need. I need to, I need that happy gene to be pinging again. <laughs> Can't walk around all numb and like emotionless. Right. So, yeah. I'm great. I got the good, energy man. rush, you know, coming out of that junk. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, we, while you got that energy rush, why don't you, uh, tell, uh, everybody what we do here at the cannabis agenda. Uh, happily. Um, uh, this is the cannabis agenda. Where we do news deconstruction, I call it activistainment. Hopefully, we can entertain you while we inform you. And most importantly, we can motivate you because if you're listening to our show, odds are extremely high that you agree with us that these drug policies are unsensible, they're destructive, and they're ineffective. So hopefully, we can get some motivation, get some education and some awareness going and and make some changes for the positive so it maybe won't suck just so bad. (laughs) <laughs> right. And that is definitely what we do. We are all about <laughs> drug law reform, uh, heavily biased towards drug law reform. So, um, yeah, that's 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 what the cannabis agenda is all about. And um, we're really, really stoked you guys are here. This is I don't know. We're up in the 50s now in this episode. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for being here. Uh, what do we have on um, today's show, Jamie? Oh, man, I think we got a pretty decent show coming out today. Um, As usual, uh, a typical kind of cornucopia of positives and negatives. Uh, We'll get through several stories. Of course, as as we always do, we're going to uh, visit with some of our questions and comments from the listeners. We always appreciate that. Please keep sending in your your questions and comments. It's uh, very valuable to the quality of our show, and we appreciate you very much. Um, We're going to go through some announcements, events, and questions to our listeners. Um, If you're a cannabis dispensary in California, please give us a holler. We'd love to begin a dialogue with you guys. Um, In the Rocky Mountain High today, we got a couple stories this uh, well actually one of them's out of montana another one i think i might have uh i might have misplaced but we'll leave it there and we'll go with it it's uh it's a a federal or a cali 
kind of story. You might put it in the Rocky Mountain High because there's something in there that has something to do with uh, one of those states. <laughs> so anyway, we'll talk about that. It's a uh, it's a big deal. The the a memo that uh, the federal government uh, sent out as uh, shining a little light on their federal action against medical marijuana. Um, and the you've got to be kidding me segment today. Uh, New York bankers caught la- laundering stinky pot money. Literally, um, pot in the Pacific Northwest. Police have guided, missed, uh, have misguided rather priorities um, after a patient clubbed to death during home invasion. Disgusting story. Um, definitely want to. You'll definitely want to hear it. As uncomfortable as it might make you feel, uh, Spokane area dispensaries ask for clarification on their law. Uh, a little bit of talk about Mark Emery's situation. Um, Stone in the South is going to take us down to a, an amazing story from Huntsville, Arkansas. 170 pounds of pot was discovered coming out of an airplane. Tell you a little bit more about that medical marijuana debates going on in, well, I'm not even going to tell you the state. Put it this way. You don't hear about it very often. We went out to the East Coast Rhode Island House Committee. Here's a bill on decriminalizing marijuana. Don't really have much problems with those folks in uh, Rhode Island. They're doing a good job. Keep up the good work. Uh, Connecticut voters support uh, marijuana law reform, Um, actually multiple reforms, and uh, that's a positive story. I'll be happy to share with you a little bit later. But is it sophisticated? We got a new one today. I think I listened to this one earlier. I think this one's uh, a pretty good good pick for this uh, segment. Um, An international front. Uh, GW Pharmaceuticals, um, the guys that make Sativex, well, they're still at it, and they're still going strong. They've won the green light in six new markets. I'll tell you what's going on with that. Uh, from the research bin, we're going to give you a little rundown of the pharmaceutical drugs based on cannabis that are either uh, made like Sativex is one of those, um, uh, all the way down to ones that are, are very experimental, very uh, much uh, going through the process of even being acceptable and approved. Um, and we have a clip for the show. I believe it's called Does Marijuana Cause Brain Cell Damage or Lung Cancer? And it features Joe Rogan. So that's worth sticking around. And with that, it's going to be a great number 54. All right. It sounds like we've got a, a pretty full show today. Um, um, you guys uh, can follow along with us uh, anytime uh, on our website, which is uh, cannabisagenda.com. Um, on there, you'll always be able to check out a lot of things, any sort of. Uh, all the shows are available on there directly from the site, so you can listen directly from the site. Uh, you can also check out the show notes on there, so you can click the links for any of the stories we're covering or anything like that. There's also a whole bunch of other stuff on there, um, uh, suggested readings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, email us anytime you want uh, with anything, uh, questions, comments, criticism, um, ideas, potential interviews, uh, scoops for stories. We love those. Uh, email is um, info at cannabisagenda.com, or you can even give us a call, 707-654-CAN, which are the numbers 2266. Uh, leave a voicemail there for us, and we'll play you on air probably. Check us out on iTunes. Um, it's an easy way to uh, to follow podcasts because they're automatically downloaded into your player when they become available. So uh, it makes it pretty easy to keep up with it. Um, we are also on Twitter and Facebook. So uh, check us out there. And if you're uh, if you like us on Facebook, uh, please suggest us to your friends. We would uh, be. Really stoked on that. Uh, let's get to some questions from listeners. We did. We've been the amount of email we've been getting has been increasing dramatically, which uh, is, is really cool. You guys uh, left us with a lot of ideas and things to talk about on the show. So let's get to one right, right quick from Trucker Billy. Sent this a f- several weeks back, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's about urinalysis and hair testing for jobs. Uh, what do you guys know about? about these? Um, he was specific about how long to pass naturally without any cleaning substances. 
Yeah, it was a little while ago. I remember that email though. It, it struck out. It stood out to me because we did cover this on a on a prior on a, one of our earlier shows. Um, I I apologize. I didn't get to search that out and figure out what number. It'd be a lot a very very simple way to handle that. But uh, I think the 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 general uh, kind of I don't know what you would say. The popular uh, opinion is about thirty days to be safe. But the the more, I guess, scientific-based uh, information I've been reading about lately, it, it seems like it's probably shorter than that. Right, right. As far as your hair, though, now that's your analysis and you know that I'm talking about. As far as sure, your hair, oh, sure. doesn't that leave markers for as long as you have your hair? Uh, yeah, not- no, I think with the hair, it is... Um, as long, yeah. Unless you cut your hair off, there's there's no way to uh, to 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 pass a, a follicle a hair follicle drug test. So there may be uh, an incentive to save some shampoo money. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just lost you there, Pat. But we were talking about hair follicle tests. Uh, uh, are we still on? Yeah, we still yeah we're good. Um, uh, I think uh, hair. What it, it did I missed what you said? I think I think it's at least three to six months in the hair. I think it's I think it's permanent. I think it might. Is, yeah. You know. Uh, you know. I I have I have foot long hair, and um. You know. <laughs> uh, I I don't think I I would pass a uh a, a hair follicle anybody test looking for, at your hair, no, man. No. <laughs> well, but I mean, you just smoked twenty seconds ago, so. That's different. What if you hadn't smoked in six months? You don't think it would come well, out? I, in any no, way? I, 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 I'm from what I understand about the hair follicle tests. Um, it, it sticks around in your actual hair for for a considerable, mm-hmm. like maybe permanently. Yep, I think so too. Wow, well, that would be bad. I can, I can, I can hear some researchers right now in the lab looking at your hair, Cogs, going, "Holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of pot. We could smoke this hair. I'm, I'm saving one of these." <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other kind of emails we get in there are we gonna uh, uh, we've been getting a lot we've, we've gotten a bunch of emails from uh, people asking us to join normal's uh, new podcast network what's the deal with that Matt <laughs> we, we should have done this first but um, I'm, I'm just looking yeah. up a, a simple fact online that says a, a hair follicle test can detect um, it's just standardizing about drugs but uh, mm-hmm. a 90 day history with uh, hair follicles so so there it is, ninety days. Um, but what's up with the new the new normal podcast okay, so, network? Yeah, we talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, Radical Russ from the normal normal show live. Um, he's gotten together with a bunch of various podcasts, and they put together the normal. Sh- uh, I think they're calling it the normal show network or the normal live network. It's one of the two. Um, and it is a live stream of a bunch of uh, cannabis related podcasts. And uh, we have indicated our interest in joining, and I've been emailing back and forth with Russ, and it looks like uh, uh, looks like we'll be included uh, pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. Awesome! So that's good news, and it's good stuff. Uh, so you know, if any of our listeners are looking for um, more more things to listen to, uh, it'd be worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, the format of it for the way it's all going to work out is a little different, but we'll work with it and fill in that slot that we've been offered. Um, got another email. We got an email from Jedediah uh, about oh. the Australian Chappelle Corby that's jailed in Indonesia for uh, <laughs> for weed trafficking. Have you guys heard the story? 
I don't, I don't think, so. think I've heard this one. <laughs> I haven't either. And he says there's a lot of stuff online about it. Um, and it looks like she didn't get a fair trial. Um, I looked it up, didn't find a lot of stuff about it. It looks like it's kind of, you know, the story's like a year old or it's definitely into last year. Um, I couldn't find a lot of stuff on it. If you have a link to it, I send it to us. Um, <laughs> Indonesia <laughs> jailed the dog, huh? They're pretty, they're, their laws are pretty pretty intense over in Indonesia. Like I think you get in trouble for like spitting and stuff in public. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, put it past them. Hey, Yeti, you, you, uh, emailed us as well. Um, in regards to, uh, what you're saying about holding people's breath, holding one's breath while inhaling. Um, we're going to get to, uh, everything you talked about next week. You sent us a good link. It's on today's, uh, it's on the notes here. Um, but we're going to take a look at, uh, take a look at, at the link you sent us and look for some more stuff. Uh, the one thing you did talk about was that you like to smoke roach joints. You guys ever do that when you were kids? You remember that stuff? Yeah. I used to say it. Totally. Gross. <laughs> Little Tastes bit. Like shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not I, my- it's not my ball of wax either. I can understand though, you know, in some places where, where cannabis is, you know, hard to come by, you know, you, you hold on to what little you got. For sure. That's why we used to do it, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I don't do it. You, you could do that, Matt, easily. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be gross if you saved all your all your roaches, dude. You'd be out of control. It would, yeah. It's not, not going to happen. Uh, well, yeah, guys. Um, keep. Uh, we, we're really, really uh, happy you guys have all emailed as much as you are and everything. Please keep them coming. Uh, the email is info at cannabisagenda.com. Looks like we've got some announcements, uh, events, and uh, questions to our listeners. Uh, looks like there's good news for Seattle Hemp Fest. Hemp Fest. They were uh, able to maintain to obtain their permit uh, for the festival, which is going to be August 19th through 21st. Uh, be there. You were there last year, right, Matt? Yeah, it was a scene for sure. Cool, cool. Um, also, right now, I am, we are, I need to send you some of this, Jamie, and you need to grab some next time you're down here, Matt. Uh, we are testing a new Hempwick brand um, right now. Um, it's a local brand here in Humboldt. Um, and I was just wondering, out of our listeners, who uses Hempwick? Basically, it's the, the hemp that's coated in something, and you burn the hemp, and then you, you use it to burn the bowl, so you're not putting butane directly into your bowl. And you guys uh, use it? Typically, they use they coat it in beeswax. Mm-hmm. Is what beeswax, yeah. right? Yep. Right. Well, what's your? I'm, I'm wondering uh, what you know if you use it out there. Email us. Let us know what your favorite type is. What I'm going to do is I want to compare the brand that uh, we're kind of checking out with the, our listeners' favorite brands. So uh, let us know um, what you think about that. Okay. This this kind of goes back to a question we got maybe two weeks ago about using butane. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the, the residue or, you know, the whatever impurities there are in the butane. Sure. And, I, you know, I noticed using a butane lighter to heat up a piece of glass the other day um, to, you know, to take a, a hash rip that the, the butane left all sorts of nasty ass residue on that on that glass, like black, black, black soot. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I believe that there's there might be some to that and that uh, this this hemp wick might be a good idea for um, for regular smokers. 
Maybe, and um, that's what we're going to be looking into. There's a lot of information out there on this, especially from the companies that are making the Hempwick. So, um, as we kind of test out the, you know, test the products. I mean, what we're going to do is just assume we smoke anyway, right? So we're just going to assume to use them and see if we can tell any noticeable differences. Because the guy that's brought me this product swears it's better than. Uh, most of the ones you find out there on the market, especially the popular ones. So, um, I don't know. We got to check it out and see if we can tell any differences in the product itself. See what people like, and then also kind of find out what the you know they 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 claim that there's there's science there behind using it. So we'll check into it for sure. Um, and I know what you're talking about that black stuff. It's on bowls all the time. That's like what you when you get a new bowl. That's like kind of what you're always wiping off at first. It seems yep. like to me. So. And it probably kind of melts with the melts into the resins as the bowl gets more resonated too. Hey, I got a question, guys. Um, so I've been really reluctant to like do a lot of cannabis related stuff on my personal face Facebook account. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen a lot of I don't know if you guys have noticed this. A lot of people out there have like uh, a separate Facebook account for their pot avatar. Should I do that? Hmm. I what don't do know that think? it would matter, would it? I don't know. Cox might help, better than I would. Do you think it'd help market the show on on um, on Facebook? Because so, so you, you can you like, add friends that way that just, are using pot-related avatars, and most people are just very accepting of other pot-related avatars. It looks like they don't all know each other and haven't met in person or anything. So I'm wondering if that would be a good idea for the show. Well, okay, that that to me it makes Facebook seem more like Twitter then because we already have friends with a bunch of pot related faces on Twitter and I don't we don't really talk to any of them. I don't Twitter, is, I don't know if that's our fault or Twitter's fault, but Right, that's that's what I'm saying like I don't know either because on Facebook I don't know. Facebook just seems to be laid out so much better than Twitter and then when it comes to like pictures and sharing stuff like stuff other than just like your status update or what i don't know maybe maybe it won't won't help but it seems like it might you might be right though those people they could all have an avatar and all they do is accept and add friends and not do anything else other than that but um i don't know probably worth your time experimenting and finding out experimenting okay cool um, and then what do you got here? You got a request, Cogs? What's up with this? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I had a, a an idea that I haven't even run by you guys, but I think it's a really good one. And that is, you know, we've been talking forever about adding, um, you know, little audio clips and bumpers and fun quotes and just stupid stuff like that to the show. Sure. Uh, and we have, like, what, 54 episodes now worth of material that we could find good little clips in, right? Right. So, and I know for a fact that a lot of our new listeners are listening to past shows. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm asking is for any new listeners or any old listeners or whoever it might be listening to uh, our archive to go back and if you find a clip that you think might be worth or you know even just a five second or two second you know funny thing that would be um, worthy of adding to our little clip library, uh, just let. Me, send us an email with the episode number and whereabouts you heard it and um we'll snag it out of there and see if we can add it to our uh, our library and then you'll just be busting out the sound bites throughout the show we'll see 
Uh, so, I like it. Hey, I don't know how I looked uh, overlooked Scott's email earlier, but Scott from Leafly emailed us, um, and uh, looks like he could connect us with a dispensary to have a discussion with. We're still looking for other dispensaries in California to uh, start a dialogue with. So if you guys are out there and you're listening, please give us a holler, email, or call. We really, really like to start a dialogue. So hit us up. Looks like it's time to get to the news. We're starting the day off with your Rocky Mountain High. What's going on in Montana, Jamie? Well, it's dead, and that's not the legislation. It's the repeal effort to kill the medical cannabis legislation in Montana. That would have been the first time anything like that's happened, and uh, definitely would not have been a good thing, fortunately. Um, in a, a move to, or their move to uh, repeal Montana's voter-approved 2004 medical marijuana law died in a state Senate committee um, a week ago last Monday on a tie vote. The measure had passed the House but members of the Senate Judiciary Committee said what was needed was regulation, not repeal. And a lot of comments during the story. You can read the rest of the story really on online on our site. But uh, there's there's comments about uh, a lot of these people, a lot of these legislators were really uncomfortable, as well they should be, I believe. You know, I'm sure you probably you guys probably agree with me, but but they were very uncomfortable with the the prospect of repealing something that the voter that the that the voters passed and you know that's that's a good point i think that's about as heinous of a political move as they could come up with and they were going to do it they were dead set on doing it but uh i'm for, i'm fortunately able to announce to you all now in case in the event that you haven't heard yet they uh it's died it's dead it's not going to be i think they've shifted their focus from get rid of this darn thing to we definitely have to fix it. And I think there's a heck of a lot uh, huger consensus among the people in uh, Montana about that question rather than getting rid of it. So looks positive. Ding dong. The wicked witch is dead. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully they, yeah, I I don't even know how they can do that. How could you even repeal something that was approved by voters if, that maybe in Montana you can. It's, you know, I don't know. I was wondering that's what's that crazy. Myself. That's what's crazy about federalism. You know, like I know you cannot do that. We, you, the Supreme Court of California said you cannot do that in California, but they're a different state with a different constitution. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be good to be good to find out what the deal is there, though. But I really hope they do move towards um, regulation rather than just scrapping the whole thing. Um, Come on. It's just like any other industry. And the thing is, is it's not even that dangerous of an industry. Just figure out what you, what you want to do and do it and work on it. Um, and hopefully that's where they're actually moving with this. So that's cool. Um, what's going on? And so what's going on with the federal action? Bad. Oh, this is a, a, a bit of an unnerving story. This one is from... Uh, the Drug War Chronicle issue 675, as was the, the previous story I just covered, um, that's from our good folks down at the stopthedrugwar.org. If you haven't been there, definitely go check that out. Um, that you can get the Drug War Chronicle delivered to your email for free by these wonderful people. Um, there's also a great thing in there, the Corrupt Cop Stories of the Week. So it's worth getting it just for that. But the rest of it is just as fantastic. Um, this week, they're telling us about, uh, as I said, this is really, uh, this is really unsettling. Um, Federal regulators ignited a firestorm of controversy recently when they ordered banks located in the North Coast area of California to spy on transactions of customers who are suspected of making money in the marijuana business. That's that should if that's not unsettling, then you're not paying attention. Uh, rewind this and play it again. 
In a bid to crack down on California's marijuana industry, regulators have ordered banks to look out for suspicious activity by those running such operations. But that is leaving legal under state, but not federal law, medical marijuana businesses out in the cold. So this is sucks. That sucks. They told them to start spying on them. So the DEA told banks to do this or what? Who who did? Although the DEA and FBI officials are not specifically targeting targeting medical marijuana, they say they're looking for drug traffickers and money launderers, and they regard any marijuana-related banking activities with with, uh, high suspicion. The banks aren't being ordered to not do business with dispensaries, but are instead closing accounts rather than uh, putting up with the hassles of investigating and reporting all the transactions. So really, it's like, remember I said an end run? Remember I used that word like many, many shows back? Sure. Uh, this well, here we go in action, in live action, um, as unsettling as it can get. They're doing this is an end run. They can't. They can go directly after cannabis, right? Or they can do something like this, which uh, basically ends up with the same effect. Um, and they're going to try as many different ideas as they can come up with. Know that for certain. Um, it's uh, banks in the North Coast region, including Savings Bank, Wells Fargo, Exchange Bank, and Ukiah <laughs> Bank, um, as well as other financial institutions in the Sacramento, San Joaquin areas, um, are scrambling to comply with the government's order as the feds continue their onslaught against uh, the legal marijuana trade. It's This enforcement, enforcement action is the result of the North Coast's widespread reputation for marijuana production. Who knew? And also includes the arrest of citizens in the area operating legal medical marijuana businesses under California state law. California um, voters, of course, passed Prop 215 in uh, 96, legalizing it for patients with doctor recommendations. Um, according to the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, the policy took effect last month when the largest bank in Mendocino County informed shareholders that federal banking regulators would now require the North Coast banks to scrutinize deposit accounts because the area had been designated a high-risk area for money laundering, particularly from those in the medical marijuana business. This uh, will be an ongoing problem. The story goes on to say that Mike Johnson, entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur um, in the marijuana industry who requested that the article not identify the name of his business felt the squeeze from the federal regulators when Wells Fargo and the Umpqua Bank closed his accounts last year. They think we're all drug dealers, Johnson said. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty uh, disturbing stuff. It's a pretty uh, lengthy story as well. So, I mean, that's the gist of what's going on so far. If you want to read the whole thing, and I would encourage you to, it's a really good. This is the uh, Drug War Chronicles feature story for this episode, for this uh, issue 675. So it'll be posted, as as always. As if you're hearing us talk about this, it's posted on our website. You can check it out real quick and uh, give it your once over, thrice over, however many times you want to go over it. And uh, let us know what you think. If you've got some comments, you like this, it's pretty decent stuff, kind of funny, kind of neat, kind of horrifying, let us know. Whatever the case, we like to hear from people. That uh, that, that really sucks. Um, banks in California look like they're going through some crazy stuff. Got another banking story here. Um, this is from New York. Uh, this is an early February story. Um, a banker, she was the assistant manager at the East Hills branch of J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, her name uh, is Natanzia St. Rose. Uh, she um, was arrested for allegedly exchanging bills that reeked of marijuana. For uh, Basically, she's arrested for 
um, the scam that she was doing to try it appears to try and wash pot money. First of all, I don't know how you can get. Man, that sucks that that your money stank that bad that you had to go through this. But she, what she did was, she was going to other other branches and saying that they were, oh yeah yeah, needing money. Um, mm-hmm. that their branch was out of twenties or something like that, or out of hundreds, and she had exchanged the bills for for bills at their branches. And because they were branch to branch, the employees believed that they didn't have to um, file the, because typically anything over a $10,000 transaction has to be filed. And they didn't think that they had to file those, even though they actually did have to. Um, And so she's being charged currently with uh, trying to do transactions without having to file the you know, the paperwork for being over to avoid filing the official report. And she is being investigated, um, for obviously for drug laundering. So she's, uh, it's possible money laundering and structuring of narcotics proceeds through financial institutions. So there's an additional charge on there other than mon- money laundering, but, uh, yeah, they're looking into her and I, <laughs> it really sucks to like, I wonder if that was the reason she was trying to exchange them in the first place <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to just, just to get, just to get hundreds or because they stunk so bad, she was trying to put them through the system. I, I don't know, but, uh, they did contact her and she said nothing like that happened. I can't talk about it. That's all she said. Um, so yeah, uh, just to, just, you know, be careful when you take your, Pot stanky money to the bank, people. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe don't wow. do it, right? Yeah, that's a, I, I imagine around here you can't really get around that too easily. Um, looks like we're going on to the to to uh, pot in the Pacific Northwest. This is a screwed up story. The police really do suck sometimes. They really do, um, especially mm-hmm. when they have their um, priorities all mixed up. Um, we got this scoop from Shakedown. Thanks, buddy. Um, what happened up in Washington State? A, uh, a medical pot patient was robbed, uh, beaten with a crowbar, and um, the cops took his plants while he was dying. Uh, he uh, it, Basically, a home invasion. This gentleman's name was Michael Shane Howard. Um, and immediately upon coming to the scene, the cops started asking him about his grow and stuff instead of really dealing with his injuries. Okay. And you, but you guys should look at the bandages. There's pick on the story. You can link that photo. Yeah. You can look, it's really bad. Um, and he, he ended up being in a coma for three days before he actually passed away. Um, so he died of these injuries. The cops didn't take the crowbar that was used on his face as a murder weapon until it was obvious he was going to die. So they didn't take it very seriously. It was like, well, he deserved, you know, this is how I feel. This is an opinion, but it was almost like their attitude is like, well, I mean, what do you expect? You dumbass pot grower, you, you know, like, mm-hmm. You know, like, well, of course you're going to get robbed, you know, like that kind of mentality and not taking the actual crime that was, uh, that was, you know, the, I mean, a lethal crime against this gentleman. Seriously, they didn't take it seriously. And um, while he was, um, he was uh, in a coma in, in the hospital, um, two, two days after the attack, the police called his good friend, Rene Rasser, 
and asked uh, her when she was going to visit him in the hospital. She told them when she was going to visit them in the hospital. Then when she was in the hospital visiting him, she got a call from a friend saying that the Pierce County Sheriff's Department was raiding her home. When she got home, her home had been rushed. She was handcuffed and put in the back of a police car for two and a half hours. Officer told her it was because she lived in the same residence as Howard, even though his grow-op was outside in a shed. So they come... This guy's been beaten up with a crowbar. They don't take the crowbar into into evidence immediately. Instead, they start investigating him. They go and rush his house while he's in in a coma. Does this sound ass backwards as fuck to you too, or am I the only one? Yeah. Uh, That's serious neglect. Uh, I think they're filing. Uh, I forgot what the exact terminology is for it, but it's it's equivalent to what would be a, a malpractice suit against the police officers, kind of professional yeah. malpractice. Yeah, and then there's another, and then basically down at the bottom here, they start talking about this other guy, Steve Sarich, who is a uh, marijuana patient advocate, and uh, I guess it, it, for for Canicare, it looks like um, he was shot in a, a home invasion. Um, very recently too and he's saying this has totally got out of hand home invasions have been increasing and these crooks are getting more violent i've had a home invasion and i'll tell you you can't sleep very well after that uh pierce county law enforcement officers are out of control apparently it's okay to try to kill someone in pierce county as long as they're a medical marijuana patient so that's how this guy's feeling um and he's uh he was upset that they raided Mike's garden while he was in intensive care, and I, I can't blame him. He's a big, outspoken guy up there. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is a, uh, this you know, this is, wow. You know, when I see stories like this, when I when I encounter story, and, and as we all know, anybody that's paid attention to the whole situation over the country, these stories happen far too often. This is a little bit worse one than we usually come into contact with. But uh, I see stuff like this, and it just infuriates me. My blood boils. I can't imagine how police officers could neglect their duty to that extent and let somebody die. Um, the one thing I'm concerned with at this point is that they get, they wiggle out of this lawsuit that's, that's potentially pending against them. And I hope to God that uh, this gentleman's friends and family will pursue that to the ends of the earth. Because that's just, in my eyes, that is absolutely egregious. These cops were, they had a problem with him. They were harassing him for a long time. They knew all about that he was a medical cannabis advocate, uh, activist. And uh, they gave him a lot of static over the, over the years, over the weeks um, leading up to this. And so they already had this kind of, I don't know, despondent sort of attitude toward this guy, the dismissive type of attitude. And when they were there, the story indicates these cops were in this guy's face telling him or asking him rather, how many plants did you have? How many plants are you growing? How many plants do you have? Plants. They're worried about plants. And this guy just got hit in the forehead with a, with a crowbar, a, a fatal blow. What turned out to be a, a fatal blow, man. I mean, how can they possibly get out of this one? Well, Definitely keep an eye on what happens with this. I mean, there's, there's so much of it is going to de- depend on what did they do any did they do things routinely? I mean, even, no matter what, they're supposed they're supposed to follow protocol. And I mean, they probably did not is what it sounds like. And if any of it's recorded or anything, I can't imagine how they wouldn't be able to prove that they went from paying attention to what they should be paying attention to not paying attention to it. And that's in the middle of a 
time when someone has been in, has a head injury. How irresponsible is that? Severe head injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a it's an egregious uh, letdown. You know, uh, they, they, it's a failure of duty uh, by the police officers. Um, of course, you know, we, I've read several stories about this. Um, I've, I've, I've checked it out as much as I can from, from my perspective, but I wasn't there. So there's still probably some fuzzy parts and things that are, you know, involved that we don't have the exact details to about this. We'll uh, keep looking into it. But, but the, 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 the truth seems to me to shine pretty strong, uh, uh, in a, in a truthful way to say that there is absolutely no doubt that these police officers, um, were a part of letting this guy die. You know, I mean, maybe the case was I didn't see any of this in the stories, though. I don't know if that's because of bias or what the reason would be behind that. But did did they come rushing in there with this irreverent attitude and then immediately get an ambulance pronto? Or and then start harassing him and acting like jackasses? I don't think that 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 seems very plausible. But if that's the case, then, hey, I don't know um, if we can fault the police as much as it seems like from what I'm what I'm seeing now. It seems like they had a problem with this guy, a, seri- a big problem. And they like to, you know, they had a big bone to pick with him because he was pro-cannabis. And they were, they were busy giving him static about that. And, you know, I don't necessarily believe for a minute that those police officers said, this guy's going to die, we're going to kill him or let him die. No. I just think that they they it was a, a egregious failure in their in in duty to uh, prioritize their desire to give this guy static over their responsibility to handle the the police matter at hand. So that's what I think. Pisses yeah. me off, man. Ugh. I'd, have, I'd have to agree. Um, what's going? So Spokane's also got some dispensary stuff going on. Looks like we have a clip for this. They're uh, looking for clarification on their their the law up there. Um, you got this clip ready, Matt? Yeah, I do. Local medical marijuana dispensary owners want the law that they follow clarified. Last week, a Spokane jury convicted a man who co-owned one of the city's first marijuana dispensaries, claiming that he supplied too many people. KXY Force Tanya Dahl is live at City Hall tonight, where nearly a dozen dispensary owners showed up concerned about their future. Tanya. Well, Clyde, yes, they are worried, and many medical uh, dispensaries told me tonight that the law isn't as clear as it needs to be. I spoke to business owners who tell me that they're licensed, they pay taxes, they follow the law, but they'd like more protection, and they'd like the current law to be better defined. I think the time has been taken in uh, Spokane County to decide how to deal with this. That's why there's been, you know, 50, 60 places pop up in the county in the last, you know, two years. Medical marijuana dispensaries are popping up across Spokane. We're licensed with the city, with the state, with the federal government. We're an S-corporation. We're a nonprofit here in the city of Spokane. We do have a business license, a, a nursery license, a reseller's permit. We have every license a normal business has. Ryan Seeley runs a nonprofit marijuana dispensary. After a judge charged a Spokane man last week with drug trafficking, the collective chose to temporarily close its doors. One of the big things that came from us closing our doors is my cell phone has been exploding with calls from these uh, people wanting to know why we're not there, how they're supposed to obtain their medicine, what are they supposed to do. Almost a dozen speakers addressed the city council tonight, all pushing for a clarification in Washington's existing medical marijuana law, wanting support from local leaders. In Seattle or in King County, the government officials there have shown their support and compassion for patients. 
we don't have that clarity here. After Greta Carter's son was diagnosed with cancer, she decided to make the $50,000 investment. I'm a business person from a very conservative background that investigated this industry for two years at the tune of a lot of money and a lot of time and energy before I made the decision to go forward. Last week, Carter opened a dispensary on Division, but now the venture has been put on hold. She's concerned by the verdict in last week's case, but she'll continue to fight for her son and other patients needing relief. I'm pushing the envelope, I understand that, but um, the hope is that there's others out there that see the advantage too. And the city council did listen tonight, but it said that its hands are tied because, after all, this is a state law. And it's worth mentioning that there is a bill being considered right now in Olympia that would improve uh, protections for both medical marijuana patients and suppliers. Reporting live, Tanya Dahl, KXLY4, HD News. Whoa. Yeah, that sucks. I, um, I have a question. What, uh, what exactly was she researching for two years? The business of being in marijuana, probably, I mean, dude. If you came from nowhere, not being in the marijuana business, and then, uh -huh. oh, I got you, you know, you have to learn gonna, from the ground up, right? Right, right, right. You know, okay. so she's saying it. She took her time, obviously. She didn't just jump into it because it's her last, you know, her only opportunity. She, it was something she really thought about and got into. Um, and there are others that care about this. And, and you know what? It's it's um what ha so what's the deal? They're saying so la there was a verdict up there recently. We need to talk with someone about this that convicted a dispensary of drug trafficking simply for selling selling marijuana to medical marijuana patients. Is that what? That's what. Yeah, I think that's what I took from it. That's what you took from it too, and that's so that that's the reason why these other clubs are shutting down is because now they're worried because of that precedent that they could be convicted of the same thing. That they're next. Yep. What? Wow. That really really sucks. Um. Why they didn't get into what were the reasons that the club was convicted? Well, this, is, this is all about. I think this is all about Washington's um one person per caregiver thing. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. that okay. only allows a caregiver to service one patient at a time. So you know how when you, if you're in Washington, when you go to a dispensary, you sign a yeah. form saying, uh, you know, you're my caregiver for these next five minutes while I, you know, obtain this cannabis from you. And after that, our relationship is terminated, basically. Right. Oh. So that's that's what they're asking for clarification about. They're saying, are what do you mean by this? What do you mean by... Um, you know, the, the single, the single relationship with it between a caregiver and a patient. Yeah. I think it's a fair request for sure. I mean, oh, yeah. how are they going to comply with the law if they can't understand what the hell they're trying to make them comply with in the first place? It's a pretty crazy, uh, uh, element in their legislation out there. I don't, I'm not really too clear on, on that, that part of it, that aspect of it. It is strange. The one caregiver... <laughs> it's the one caregiver clause. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Our I, I guess they're still kind of figuring out whether or not dispensaries are even legal in the entire state then, if that's yeah. the way that it's going. Because, yeah, yep. um, I mean, you know, are, they're trying to, are they trying to say this law does not permit um, – dispensaries at all it permits caregivers and a caregiver can have one patient and that's it and that that doesn't mean they right. can terminate their terminate their you know relationship for every five minutes or every time they purchase weed they're 
caregiver for six months at a time or a year at a time. And that's, you know, I mean, if asking for clarification is definitely fair. But getting clarification, do you really think they'll get it? I don't I know. I think it should be that, mandatory. There should be some kind of legal process they should go through. They should be able to go through to force them to to clarify what's I mean, going on. You should you should be able to ask the attorney general or the state's attorney mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, the 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 supervising uh attorney in your area what the law is, right? I mean, you should be mm-hmm. able to send a letter and get a response about that. I would certainly hope so. Uh, do you do you find this or you know X activity or Y activity illegal? Like you know, be very specific. But I mean, so then you're so then you're. I mean, who are you? T- so you call the attorney general, or are you trying to get the attorney general's office to answer those questions? Well, the the state attorney general, not the federal. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, right. yeah, 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 yeah. The state attorney general. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. That's who you're trying to get. So then you're taking. I mean. You're taking their word for what the law is, their interpretation of that ruling? No, but they're, they're the people who decide whether to prosecute. Right. Sure. So, so you're asking so if, them what they're going to prosecute for. Exactly. Yeah. You get right. Especially if they put it in writing. I mean, that's essentially what the, the Eric Holder and Obama thing, you know, they've, they've said that publicly so that they're not prosecuting, um, you know, uh, dispensaries or le- le- people who are operating legitimately within their state guidelines. Right. Uh-huh. So what these people are saying is, could you please tell us how we can make sure we don't get under investigation by you guys? Let us know how we can operate within compliance. I don't think that's a big request. Right. Nope. Not even by any stretch. That's totally fair. We've got some more requests to talk about right now and some more crazy law stuff. We're going to move on to Mark Emery real quick. We haven't updated y'all on Mark's status in a long time. Not much. He's still in a private prison in uh, Georgia, hoping to get sent back to Canada where he could finish his term, which might be up when he were sitting back, or at least he'd be up for parole-like sort of thing, potentially. Isn't that right, Jamie? That's what we've heard, right? right? I, yep, I believe that's exactly that's exactly right. Under under Canadian law, uh, with his time served, he would be eligible to get out of there. And uh, I'm not exactly specific or, or, you know, I'm not, I don't have the exact uh, language from their, how their laws are written and how that works. I don't know if it would be like a court supervision or a parole type thing or whatever it is, but I, I can almost guarantee you that him and his wife and all of his loved ones and friends and family uh, would be greatly appreciative for that change. Um, you know, I'm sure that's probably the last, the last method we want to use to send a message to the, the system. <laughs> they would love this. You need to do this because they would love this. You know, that's almost immediately not going to happen if you put it that way. But, um, yep, we need a, he needs to be back there. He deserves to be back there. So if you guys uh, are watching this, I hope you are. And I hope uh, you will take a minute and write your senator and uh, congressperson and tell them that you think Mark should be sent back to Canada. Yeah. For more info, you can check, uh, check out www.freemark. Mark is spelled with a C, not a K, dot C-A. So that's freemark dot C-A. All right, fellas, uh, this, I was hoping to get into some of these stories here at the bottom, but I have to run, so the rest of the show is up to you guys. So all you guys are out there listening, peace and pot, and I'll catch up with you all next time. All right, thanks, man. All right. All right, thanks, brother. We'll talk to you next week. All right, peace. All right, so I guess uh, we're going to move on to Stone in the South. Jamie, is that right? Wow, we're, we're one lighter, and that is yeah. right, sir. Mm-hmm. What's going on? We got a clip about this one. 170 pounds of pot were discovered. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, coming off a of Cessna in in Arkansas here, and we got a clip for it, so I'm gonna roll that. Thousands of dollars in marijuana were intercepted at the Huntsville Airport, and tonight those accused of bringing the drugs into Madison County are behind bars. A major drug bust in Madison County started with a phone call. And they had a call about a suspicious airplane that landed at the Huntsville Airport. And their suspicions were right. The Huntsville Police Department called in the Drug Enforcement Administration. They discovered 170 pounds of marijuana on this small Cessna airplane. It was being unloaded onto a vehicle. That's a street value of $750,000. We do see uh, a large amount out in this area. It's unusual it came in by plane, but it's not unusual that the marijuana is here. We know the plane came from California, but investigators are still trying to figure out where the drugs were headed. The, the case is still under investigation. It's still early in that. Um, we do know they stopped here. Uh, we don't know if a portion of it was going to stay here, but it was going to go somewhere else. All three men on board the airplane were arrested at the scene, but investigators are not releasing their names. Hmm. How much did they say that was uh, worth? <laughs> you know, I don't remember actually. Seven hundred and fifty some thousand dollars. I don't understand how much how they get these figures, and they're not consistent. We, and yeah. They don't publish them. I know. <laughs> I've never found any resource anywhere that says this is how the federal government or uh, you know national law enforcement community uh, determines value. We don't get that. We've got some other clips later in the show that are um, a sophisticated clip. I think that that uh, <laughs> exaggerates value again. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it so uh, sophisticated. Is <laughs> the exaggeration? Inc- yeah, they're incredible imaginations. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So let me see. Do I get this right? There's a more medical marijuana debate going on in huh? Uh huh. Texas. Huh? What? All the way up. For Tim Timmons of Garland, multiple sclerosis did more than just take away his ability to walk. You know, you wake up in a fetal position cringing from the pain every day. It's uh, just, it's no fun. Several years ago, the one-time bull rider and high school football player says a friend suggested something different. So I tried it and I, whoa. Marijuana is a kind of medicine. She admits smoking it every day, especially at bedtime, to help sleep. It makes all the difference in the world. Timmons says he has no problem smoking pot on TV because he believes the issue needs public attention. I would honestly love to be arrested for this. Honestly, I would. I think the negatives are much higher than the positives. Groups like the Texas Eagle Forum say Mm -hmm. marijuana, even for medical reasons, should stay illegal. The next step, as you're seeing in California and some of these other states, they want to legalize it for recreational use. So it it doesn't just stop (sighs) with just medical use. Not so, say promoters of a medical marijuana law in Texas. Marijuana gave my wife back to me. Stephen Betson's wife has Lyme disease. It was painful to watch. I mean, I'd wake up every morning, if you can imagine, waking up to the one next to the one you love listening to them cry every day. A few years ago, she tried marijuana. Within a week after using marijuana, we were able to dance in her living room, which 
it was something that had been taken away from us. Betson founded the Texas Coalition for Compassionate Care, a group pushing to legalize marijuana as a medicine with a doctor's approval. I think you could take any of these people that are against us and put them in my position and their hearts would change immediately if it was their loved one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's dead. Hit the nail right on the head there. That that lady who is talking trash on medical marijuana, I bet she doesn't have any. <laughs> well, I mean, she might have 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 relatives who could who can use it, and she doesn't even know. But I mean, she clearly does not know anyone who is suffering who you know who uses medical marijuana and finds relief from it because she'd probably be singing a different tune if she did. Yep. I've said that to my mom, actually, in a telephone conversation uh, several years back. I said, listen, mom, I guarantee you, mom, I guarantee you, if they felt what I'm going through right now and they've experienced the amazing, I mean, drastic change to the positive after uh, ingesting cannabis, whew, I, they would change They would change their tune completely. But then again, what do we do? Is there is there a way we can concentrate severe spinal trauma or something into police officers for like an hour or two? <laughs> And let them feel what it feels like. We could, we could, you could use that test on legislators and, you know, pretty much everybody that's completely ignorant to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Torture, huh? Well, not torture. <laughs> just we're just temporarily inducing this trauma so they can see how severe and unimaginably difficult it is to live with and and uh, to overcome. And at the same time, then we could initiate some medical cannabis, and they could watch their symptoms dis- just disintegrate largely. And it would it would extremely once they experience that firsthand the the amazingly effective uh, mitigation of those harsh symptoms. Then so I'm sure they would go, "Holy shit, man! I'm sorry, we didn't know this." Torture with relief. Yeah, yeah, you know, just <laughs> t- just a, just a little test bed. But you know, of course, that's completely far fetched as it gets, even for fantasy land, because there's no possible way that most uh, sane, reasonable minded individuals would be able to be responsible and control that test when they're testing the politicians. <laughs> be like, hey, dude, what's going on? This test was supposed to be done three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. a little bit longer. That <laughs> um, happens sometimes. Hey, we love our legislators, but you get it. We got, we got more on the uh, legislature. Uh, this mm-hmm. one in, in Rhode Island. Uh, we've... We're we're hearing about all of this uh, legislation introduced in varying states around the country about decriminalizing uh, basically mm-hmm. uh, up to an ounce of marijuana in, in a lot of places. Yeah, it's fantastic news. It is fantastic news, and uh, Rhode Island might be one of those places. So we got a clip for that. Sure, let's check it. New at 11, Rhode Island lawmakers are busy debating several bills on marijuana. Last night, the buzz was about the approval of three medical marijuana compassion centers. Tonight, the discussion is about decriminalizing the drug. Eyewitness News reporter Catherine Sotnik joins us now with more on what she's learned. Well, marijuana is a topic that is up for some major discussion here at the Rhode Island State House. And Wednesday night, there were many people on both sides of the issue. This is an issue of freedom. Plenty of testimony heard Wednesday night at the State House on both sides of the marijuana issue. The House Committee on Judiciary hearing a bill that, if passed, would decriminalize the possession of less than an ounce of marijuana and impose a civil penalty of $150. Maybe cocaine and heroin are the enemy, but not marijuana. Melissa Bouchard of Coventry testified in favor of the bill, which is sponsored by Democratic Representative John Edwards. I have chronic back pain. I'm currently applying for my medical 
medical marijuana card. And in the meantime, I faced scrutiny that I could be charged with a crime. But others, including most law enforcement members Wednesday night, coming out against the bill. Any type of drugs, when they're illegal, they're illegal, and they're illegal for a purpose. And the hearing on the five separate bills pertaining to marijuana comes just one day after the State Department of Health announced the locations of the state's first medical marijuana compassion centers. It is a topic right now that is dominating in Rhode Island and a controversial one. This retired police lieutenant says he's in favor of decriminalizing marijuana. It doesn't have such a detrimental impact on their life to carry a criminal penalty for the rest of their life, potentially impacting future employment. If the kids are so worried about their college education and what's on the application, they should have worried about it thought about that before they they made an illegal purchase. And I can also tell you that decriminalization (laughs) of an ounce or less has already happened in neighboring Massachusetts. Reporting from the State House with the Providence Mobile Newsroom, I'm Catherine Sotnik, Eyewitness News. So although there are crazy ladies who feel that way, at least there's there's one Mm -hmm. cop in Rhode Island who uh, who thinks medical marijuana or marijuana should be decriminalized. Yeah, I think there's actually more than more than one. I'm sure there and, is. Uh, yeah, I'm sure a there lot are. of people over there. I'm pretty uh, pleasantly surprised with the way Rhode Island's handled these issues so far. But yeah, like you said, there's always a few of those wacky popcorns in there somewhere freaking out <laughs> and acting ludicrous. Why well, should I have thought of that before they smoked some pot? Yeah, that's 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 borders on sheer brilliance, doesn't it? I'd say ignorance. Yeah, yeah. Stupid people do stupid things and say stupid things, and you know, really dumb ones say stupid things and then follow through on it. <laughs> Maybe that's just backwards integrity. I don't know. Moving on to Connecticut, however, this is a dream story. Love this stuff. It's 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 great information. It's very relevant. It's very timely. It's from a great source, and it's short. Perfect. <laughs> this is a this is an, an audio commentator's dream right here. Connecticut voters. Oh yeah, I should mention again. I'm happy to mention that this one is also uh, our third and final story we're featuring this uh, this episode from the Drug War Chronicle issue 675. As I, I keep saying, I, I will keep on saying it because it's worthwhile. Check it out. Check them out at stopthedrugwar.org. Connecticut voters support marijuana law reforms. This one by Philip Smith from uh, the uh, as I said episode 675. A quick okay. I gotta say this right. Quinnipiac University. Does that that sound right? Are you familiar with the... I don't know about that one. Quinnipiac. I think I did that right. Quinnipiac University poll released March 10th showed strong support for medical marijuana and marijuana decriminalization among Connecticut voters. The poll comes at state uh, legislators as state legislators consider medical marijuana and decriminalization bills. Medical marijuana had the support of a whopping 79% of the respondents. Support was above 70% in every demographic, which is probably a more significant figure in my, in my mind. With even, and get this, I almost had to, I read this six times when I first read I swear to God. With even 72% of Republicans favoring it, there's a near consensus on the medical marijuana law with about 8 in 10 voters supporting it, said Quinni- Quinnipiac poll director Dr. Douglas Schwartz. He goes on to say, I quote, it's rare to see such a level of support for any issue. End quote. You know, support for uh, pot decriminalization wasn't as overwhelming, but still very high and trending upward. Decriminalization was supported by a two to one margin with 65% in favor, 32% opposed. We can we can change most of their minds. That's up seven points from the 58% who supported it in last year's March Quinnipiac poll. I'm gonna I'm gonna dream that word tonight. It's gonna be uh, atrocious. Quinnipiac. 
<laughs> yeah, decriminalization. Yeah. Isn't that some decriminalization? Yeah, and then I'll hear uh, Mr. Pot Green chiming in with walla, 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 walla. <laughs> <laughs> decriminalization is also supported by every demographic, with even 53% of Republicans and 58% of voters over age 64 in favor. That's almost uh, neck and neck with Republicans. They, they typically vote, as uh, you, you've probably noticed in our, all of these reports we have, um, they usually vote right along kind of, well, the Republicans vote on party line. And the uh, over 64 crowd, the aged uh, elders of our community, they, they tend to be stuck in brainwashville from the you know propaganda campaigns of the 30s. And, and so it's great to see this positive stuff happening. Support was at 70% among Democrats and voters 18 to 34 years old. And they're almost always by a wide margin, the, the most approving. I mean, this is definitely strong enough, 70, 70%, but, but it's, it's not really that huge of a spread between them and the, usually the, uh, the nay voters. Um, this poll was conducted on March 1st through 7th. They surveyed, uh, just under 1700 registered voters and uh, used live interviewers. Uh, live interviewers called both landlines, cell phones. It's got a marginary about 2.4%. So it looks like it's pretty good stuff. Very nice. Connecticut voters. Yeah, they've clearly signaled their policy preferences on medical marijuana and decriminalization. So listen, state of Connecticut, your folks are talking loudly to you. This is not a test. <laughs> Yeah, hmm. yeah. Get on it. Get on it. It seems like all over, all over. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know the numbers, but it seems like uh, public support for marijuana legalization has not been as strong as it is currently in a long time. And I think that statement would be uh, accurate if you said it every day, at least every <laughs> week for the last what couple years? Yeah, maybe thirty years. Yep. Who knows? Keeps going up and up and up. It's never been more active and and more people involved than now. And I can say that tomorrow and be honest again. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful thing, wonderful thing to have happen. And I'm looking very forward to a time when we're doing this program and I'm saying things like, oh, darn, another state fully legalized cannabis. Oh, well, sorry, feds. We'll find some other way. You can still beat people's heads in and kill their animals and stuff. Don't worry. Don't be down. We're working towards a constitutional amendment, damn it. That's right. Yeah, we are. We want something that's uh, well-written and, and well-thought-out and done right. Got to ask all the right questions. Cool. Speaking of the right questions, oh, yeah. here's a great one for you. Uh-huh. But... All right, all this stuff happened, right? We're going to hear this clip in a sec, hear what's going down. But, but you got to ask yourself, is it sophisticated? It may or may not be. You never know until you actually hear the clip. Several feet yes. high and we're told just weeks away from being harvested. Our Sherelle Roberts witnessed the destruction of the seized drugs. She has the very latest from Woodford County. Some would call this a monstrous mound of marijuana. Ooh. But the Woodford County Sheriff's <laughs> Department calls it the result of a hard day's work. It's not every day for us to find, you know, 40 marijuana plants. Sheriff Ooh. Wright says the $80,000 worth of weed was confiscated during a helicopter <laughs> oh and ground crew drug bust. They'll notify where it's at, and the, the helicopter usually hovers in the area to the 
their units on the ground, show up the area, then he will visually walk them right to where the crappie is. The weed is often planted in cornfields or in forest where it's not easy to see from the ground. But with the bird's eye view, it's unmistakable. They range anywhere from 8 to 10 foot tall. The sheriff says part of this marijuana is being processed as evidence, but the rest of it... All in all, it takes about 30 minutes to burn this amount of marijuana. And the sheriff says oh, that burning yeah. the marijuana is the best and easiest way to get this job done. Well, they're having a good old time, too, with their diesel. To make sure every bit of the plant yeah. is really gone. Authorities say if they didn't I do think this, they just wanted to have a burn pile. criminals to come here and try yeah. to find what the flames left behind. Sherelle Roberts, WKYT 27 News First. Seriously, though, I mean, it looks like the cops were just down with uh, having a, having a, lighting some diesel on fire and they found some marijuana mm-hmm. plants to burn. Four, right. Yep. 40, it might have been an interactive burn pile. <laughs> 40, 40 plants uh, worth a street value of, of $80,000. Isn't that it, something? These guys just never cease to amaze me. By the way, good catch on this story. That's a that epitomizes this segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know, it's crazy. Is uh, that I mean, they show picture picture after a uh, picture and picture of all these marijuana plants, and none of them have any buds on them at all. Jeez. Like so not that, only is it just a plant, it's literally just a plant. It's yeah, not even a flowering plant. It, it is, in fact, worthless without, you know, several more months worth of growing. Unless you're a cop. Yeah, unless you're a cop and you can say, oh, that's worth about 80 grand and we're going to burn it. Burn it with our diesel. We walked out to the back of the residence and uh, there were six of them. There were six of them there right in front of We saw all six of them. They were full <laughs> plants, too. All full plants. About worth about $47,000 on the black it's, market. It's not every day you stumble across 40 marijuana plants. Yeah. Man, that sounds like going into a grow room where it just got robbed. <laughs> Dude, there's only 40 freaking plants left. Yeah. Oh, those Un- bastards. Unfortunately, it was not sophisticated. No, it wasn't very sophisticated. I don't think that officer was uh, the 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 most uh, sophisticated I've heard from either. <laughs> but I love the I love the term monstrous mound of marijuana. Yeah, it's nice. Tell ya, instantly cured my Quinnipiac nightmares. <laughs> Quinnipiac. Unless unless I go there and end up to you know finding a monstrous mound of marijuana, we'll see. Be interesting if I talk in my sleep. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's let's get out of uh, Kentucky here. Thank goodness. This is what I usually say when I get out of Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we love Kentucky. It produces good things like pot green. Yeah, and uh, and uh, probably some pretty good me. cannabis too. Yeah. Oh shoot! My gosh, a long time ago, I went into a grow in Kentucky, and these guys actually hooked me up. Like put blindfold and a bag on my head and we drove down this road which seemed like forever and we got out and i kid you not man i was i never stopped going is this really real is this really am i really here seeing this i mean i mean absolutely enormous fields of weed that's a very interesting thing that that happens nice it's good to be uh, involved with cannabis culture and have absolutely no clue that that even existed. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're probably, probably better off not knowing exactly where that was. Uh, that thought occurred to me on more than one occasion during that, <laughs> that time. 
but um, they were uh, driven to want me to see that. So I guess that was a compliment in in one some sense. But cool. Yeah, yeah. They weren't scared. I'd be scared shitless. Like, Hell no, we're not taking them down there. But it's Russ Belleville. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Mark Emery. Well, okay. I don't want to get crazy here. I might uh, <laughs> might make some exceptions. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, what's Speaking going on the, yeah the international front mm-hmm. the international front this week there have been some new exceptions being made you've heard of uh, GW Pharmaceuticals and their uh, cannabis drug Sativex this is the one that's not a synthetic kind of mock-up of cannabis it's actually a, a whole plant derivative mm-hmm. meaning basically it's all the plant transferred into a, I believe it's an aerosol isn't it? it's like a, one of those inhaler things that they use <laughs> under the tongue spray Oh, it's and, under uh, the tongue, huh? I think so. Zivex uh, launches are seen in Denmark, Germany, and Sweden in 2011. Um, GW Pharmaceutical uh, PLCs, it's, this is uh, GWP.L, I think is their, uh, what do you call that, ticker thing? Um, if you're interested in, in uh, investing in these guys, I think I might be uh, considering that if I had the funds to do so. Um, these guys keep growing and growing. Um Politicians and police officers, criminal justice people are going to absolutely love this as an alternative to people actually um, being associated with raw cannabis, which is you know, just another level of ridiculousness. But uh, this, their pioneering drug, um, Sativex, has been recommended for approval in the six other European countries targeted by the British company and Spanish partner Almeral, I believe is what they're, how you pronounce that. National approvals are now expected in Austria, Czech Republic, Denmark, Germany, Italy, and Sweden from mid-2011 onwards with launches in Denmark, Germany, and Sweden likely before the end of this year, um, GW said uh, just uh, last Tuesday. GW shares were up 2.5% in early trade. There's a little sign. Um, Stevex sprayed under the tongue as a treatment for spasticity in multiple sclerosis. is already approved and marketed in Britain and Spain. The latest green lights for the drug come under the European Mutual Recognition Procedure. Um, GW's research director, Stephen Wright, was quoted as saying... Today's news represents a major step forward for the international commercialization of Citivex. Citivex is sold as a prescription drug in Britain by Bayer, uh, those wonderful people that brought you Saron gas, um, <laughs> at a cost of around 11 pounds. It's $18 per day, while Almeral is the marketing partner elsewhere in Europe. Citivex became the world's first cannabis medicine to win regulatory clearance when it was approved in Canada in 05 for neuropathic pain. It's rolled out in Europe for MS, opened up a bigger market, a much bigger market indeed. Also hoping uh, to get Sativix approved as a treatment for cancer pain, extracts the active ingredients in Sativix from marijuana plants grown at a secret location in the English countryside. And you bet your bottom dollar, that one is sophisticated. (laughs) On the real tip. Yeah. (laughs) Bet you it is. Betcha. I'm enjoying the show. I'm loving this information, but I got to be frank and honest with you guys. I can't get over the monstrous mound of marijuana. I'm going to have to find somewhere to like make an art piece or put those words somewhere and I hang it in my house. I'm, I'm, I'm enamored with that phrase. <laughs> monstrous mound. Huh. Isn't, just, isn't that just total goodness? Huh. Maybe we should we trademark that one. Monstrous mound of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Swim in the monstrous be. mound of marijuana. Come, come. Dot com. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Sure. There's some potential good news. Um, those of us that uh, understand, love, and appreciate cannabis, we never want to uh, be forcefully separated from our association with that plant. That goes without saying. Um, what does not go without saying is that there's no reason why that uh, viewpoint or perspective cannot coexist with uh, a realistic appreciation for pharmaceutical drugs based on cannabis. Now, this is a very rapidly increasing trend that's going on right now. There's a lot of new stuff in the works. Um, we're featuring this from uh, this story from Pro Procon.org. Definitely check out that site. It is awesome. Make sure you got a little bit of time because you're going to get – this is one of those that just suck you in. <laughs> and you'll see another little link and another little link. And it's all pertinent, relevant stuff with a lot of good information. And you'll just keep going forever. So be careful with that. Um, let me list off these drugs really quick. Let me see here. All drugs are referenced, uh, referenced here are in pill form unless otherwise noted. Um, pharmaceutical drugs have been developed with – which either contain or have similar chemicals as those found in the marijuana cannabis plant. Some researchers have used their understanding of how the brain processes cannabinoids to develop drugs which follow the same pathways but work differently than marijuana. Pharmaceutical drugs based on marijuana are divided into four categories and listed below with the names, trade names, manufacturer, approval status, and so forth. You can get this uh, on, our, on our website um, uh, for sure. Let me see here. Here's cool. the four categories. Uh, category one, drugs that contain chemicals taken directly from the marijuana plant. Of course, that's the, the direct cannabis, cannabis whole plant derivatives. So if you hear those that terminology anywhere, you'll understand what they're talking about. Whole plant derivatives. It's kind of like when they when they sprung that whole insurgent word on us and we're going, what the hell's an insurgent? <laughs> Screw those guys. I don't know any of those dudes. Whole I don't know insurgents. Whole plant derivative, huh? Yeah, whole plant derivative. That's straight from the plant. It's actually straight uh, derivative from the plant. And that is Sativex that we just talked about. In uh, uh, category two, drugs that contain synthetic versions of chemicals naturally found in marijuana. Of course, the, the commonly known dronabinol, also known as marinol. Mm -hmm. um, dronabinol, uh, meter dose inhaler as well, which uh, there's, a, there's also a marinol aerosol. Um, not really approved yet. Phase two clinical trials in the United States uh, completed September 7th of 2006. Um, and it's, it's, it's pending. A lot of these stuff, a lot of these things are, are, are still pending. Um, Dronabinol obviously is, uh, has been in, in use for a long time. It's been, uh, I think the FDA approved it in the U.S. as an appetite stimulant in 92 and for nausea way back in 85. So that, that one's been around for a while. Stevex, as you've just heard, is uh, on the rise. It's spreading to more and more countries. Um, now we'll move on to category three is drugs that contain chemicals similar to those in marijuana but not found in the plant. My enthusiasm... Honestly, it wanes a bit at this level, but let's see what they got to say. There's one called Nabilone. Most people have probably heard of that one. Um, that was approved for use in the U.S. in 85, United Kingdom in Australia in 82, and Canada in 81. So that one's all the way out. It's treatment of uh, suggestive medical use for that is treatment of nausea and vomiting in patients undergoing cancer treatments. Um, it's a synthetic cannabinoid. And those, I don't know, maybe it's just me. How do you feel about this, Cogs? It, to me, those are two words that don't necessarily... It's like police officer bookie. That doesn't go together. Well, I don't know. I mean, in terms of medical use, like, for example, uh, morphine, right? Like morphine is straight from the opium plant, but we've found synthetic variations of morphine that are equally or even more powerful um, in right. treating pain than that, that, that. So, 
I can't say that that synthetic versions of or synthetic derivatives or, you know, manipulations of THC wouldn't have any medicinal use. Sure. And, you know, just sure. and but, that would be strictly it would definitely not be something you'd want to monkey around with if you don't have some serious reason to be using that. Oh, no. you And absolutely before any of those reused, you'd want to have some good research behind them. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's the next one in this category. It's dex, dexat, dexanabinol. It's a lot easier to say when you take your time. Okay, I have um, not this heard of one, this one. I have a problem with this one. I have a problem because this is, they added a new word to this one. This is synthetic non-psychotropic cannabinoid. Ah, shucks. <laughs> What's the point, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, the next one is, you know, actually, I really honestly believe that the the uplifting euphoric effect, not the freaking out, holy shit, what was in that stuff type, you know, like Northern Lights number five times haze paranoia or anything. Not that. I'm not talking about that. But just the, the uh, palatable, uh, you know, tolerable, low level where you're still in control, not, not you know, zooming through the ceiling type of uh, euphoric uplift is is vastly beneficial um, in, in patient treatment. It's just, I mean, the, the facts are still there. This is non-toxic. It's not going to kill people. It's the same, you know, all the other uh, elements, positive elements we talk about with, uh, you know, with cannabis use. It's just, yeah, that's how I feel. Um, let me go through these, these last ones really quick because I've never heard of any of these guys. Um, CT3, adulemic acid. Um, it has not been approved for use as of uh, February 15th, 2008. It's for treatment of spastic- spasticity and neuropathic pain in MS patients. That is another one. Those are That's the third one I've seen that directly would be related to something for me that would undoubtedly be better than the tramadol and neurontin and all that other garbage that I've been through over the years. Um, the next one is PRS-211-375 cannabinoir and cannabinoir oil. I don't know. That just sounds Benor, spooky to me. Cannabinoid? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anti-inflammatory. It's for treatment of pain. Okay. So, you know, I can I can poo-poo the name and all that stuff all I want to, but I guarantee you if I can get my hands on some of this and it actually mitigates my pain circumstances, it's all good. I'm in their camp at that point. <laughs> um, so we'll be patient and hopefully these things will become more available for the hundreds of thousands of people that are severely suffering on a daily basis um, from, you know, debilitating medical conditions and overzealous police officers. HU 308. Um, and it sounds kind of, it kind of mimics the, in sound anyway, I'm sure it's not literally like this, but it seems like it's the stuff that uh, they spray, you know, that spice stuff, the fake so-called, you know, fake cannabis. Oh, the synthetic marijuana? Uh-huh. It seems like one of those, you know, because it, they have the numbers and all that and the, what they call those substances that they spray on there? HU331. Right, I got you. Uh, yeah. Same, the same last, type of thing then. Yeah, yeah. See, it just sounds like it. But uh, I'm sure you could probably get that and spray it on some stuff. And who knows? It may be a hit. Huh. Drugs that do not work. This is the last category four. Drugs that do not work like marijuana, but use the same brain pathways. This one's a little bit harder to wrap my mind around. There's one called Rima. <laughs> Ramana Bent. Gosh, who names these things? Are they like sci-fi fanatics or something? <laughs> Ugh, it's also known as Accomplia. 
Isn't that a great name? Accomplia. Accomplia. What are, what are the side effects? <laughs> I need to do, I need to attend university. Well, you should try some Accomplia. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And then I'm in a field with like flowers and friendly bees buzzing around, landing on my hand, giving me smiley looks. It's a synthetic com- uh, chemical that blocks endocannabinoids from being received in the brain. As a result, it suppresses the appetite. It's suggested for anti-obesity. Um, as of uh, February 15th. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. That's like anti-THC, huh? I guess. I'm not down with that one. I don't <laughs> I don't think I've ever had cannabis. Well, maybe there was some moldy stuff or like bad stuff that I didn't realize. And I just t- got a little whiff real quick. Went, oh, that might have suppressed my appetite for about three or four minutes. This stuff blocks um, cannabinoid receptors, though. That scares me. Uh, that it blocks just, endocannabinoids. And endocannabinoid. Yeah. Okay. I'm. That scares me. Yeah, that scares me too. It is. I've noticed that as these categories get deeper in, it gets scarier and scarier in the level of separation. I, I think some people have a great concern, a, a fear, really. I don't think it's irrational to call it that. They're 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 pretty nervous about uh, the a governmental uh, uh, desire and the pharmaceuticals companies uh, desire to to sideline this whole issue and try to change the direction. They're kind of like uh, hitting the switch on the train track and trying to off rail this into a pharmaceutical based solution. And I, I, I was thinking, man, I don't know if this, how good this is to have all these things, but the more I get deeper into this list and the more we see how it's less and less even related to cannabis in any way and more and more potentially kind of, I don't know, at least concerning <laughs> on, on its face value, uh, the more I think there's no problem at all. Well, do you think, yeah, do you think this is an attempt more to, to derail medical marijuana or to, um, you know, to parallel medical marijuana with a more, you know, sort of Western medicine appro- uh, medicinal approach? Yeah, I think that I think it's the uh, the former. I think that their first thing that they're going to do once they get all these drugs out and they if they work right and they have a, a high efficacy level, the first thing they're going to do is go. You don't need to uh, to to legalize medical cannabis, and we don't need statewide medical cannabis legislation because we have viable alternatives that work through the same systems and the same pathways. Isn't it? You don't think it's too late for that? Um. Well, you know that's a great point that you bring up. Um. Some people, because, I mean, they, the medical marijuana movement has a huge amount of grassroots million. support now. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's going to yeah. be hard to shut that down and say, "Oh no, I'll just take these pills." They're fine. Well, originally, uh, as I was saying, I think that that was a, you know back in my mind minor concern. But as I've read through this list, and it gets more and more. We're not. Gonna, I, just, I have no worry whatsoever, even remotely, about this, because people, like you said, that tr- that vast grassroots uh, support is they're going to look at this. They're sensible people. They're keen enough to take about twenty seconds looking at this and going, oh. No way, man. Screw that. Yeah. I don't want that stuff. Yeah. You know? And so that's not going to be a, a total game changer. But uh, there's a few more I'll mention really quick. Terranabont? Tera, it's almost funny having oh, this yeah. much difficulty saying this shit. They, they could all uh, be cartoon characters in, uh, you know, some weird, like, yeah. marijuana pharmaceutical cartoon. Check this out. The other name for it is MK. Oh, nice. I like it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Teranabanon, what's my name? Yeah, Teranabant. 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 I am Teranabant. Yep. That's uh, 
Ridiculous. URB 597 or KDS 4103 is another one. Treatment of pain, acute post-surgical, inflammatory arthritis, neuropathic, damaged nerve cells from shingles. You know, all those things in that list are very serious, severe pain uh, situations. So mm. hopefully this should be pretty decent stuff. Increases the amount of endocannabinoids in the brain by blocking the natural process of deactivating them. That's very interesting. Interesting, yeah, for sure. Mm, Same process that deactivates endocannabinoids also blocks chemicals which regulate your mood. So we'll see where these things are going. It's uh, not been approved of use either. None of these in this in this part of the list have. Um, Some of them in the first category have been, you know, like Sativex, as we were just reported. They're they're gaining more and more approval at a reasonable pace. Um, Oh. O three two four six. That's uh, treatment of spasticity in MS patients. And AM two eighty one. That is uh, neuroprotective for use in association with septic shock. Which I'm not really clear on what that is, but it sounds far from awesome. Yeah, septic shock. Is it a syndrome? Septic shock? Something. It sounds like it should have a syndrome after, yeah. doesn't it? SSS. Are you are you are you suffering from SSS? <laughs> Try a new AM two eighty one. Ask your doctor if Tyranabant might be for you. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear the side effects of some of these things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it makes you nauseous or feel sick, go to your doctor's office and literally throw up on him. At least in the direction of the doctor, I think that might be much more effective. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll likely just move on to the next group of pharmaceuticals. You know, that's how they do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vomiting on your doctor. That's a, that's a nice way to close out the show there, Jamie. There we go. Oh, did I close the show with that? I didn't realize that's where we were at. Well, I don't know. Do you, have more, do you have more to list off? I don't. I don't. That's all of those things. That's all of those. <laughs> that's, I did, that's all I think I can stand. Chuck. Yeah, the doctoral upchuck. Yeah. So. Hold yeah. that one in uh, in reserve and, and just monitor how this thing works. And if it doesn't work right, I'm a fan for that. You can tell them I sent you. Hey, man, you said to do it. <laughs> I'll stand strong. But uh, anyway, it's uh, that's uh, some promising uh, developments on the pharmaceutical front. Um, I think those pharmaceutical drugs can coexist. And like I said, you know, I, I poo-poo this whole industry and all about, you know, pharmaceutical uh, motives and, and what's going on. And you, know, you, can, you better believe that the biggest mouthpieces uh, shouting out against cannabis and, and heightening the, the, the vast danger and destructive properties of the cannabis plant, the evil, they just, that's the only difference from 1930. They took out evil. And, uh, <laughs> you know, these guys, they're, they'll, they'll likely be heavily invested in this stuff if it, if, should it take off and uh, take hold. So... We'll keep an eye on what's going on, but uh, anyway, it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty decent show. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad people came around. We have a clip for the end of the show. Stick around. It's uh, Does marijuana cause brain cell damage or lung cancer? Yeah. It's, uh, it features it's a, uh, Joe Rogan, pretty cool guy. Did you check that one out already? I haven't seen it yet. It's a I'm good one. It's a good one. I stumbled mm-hmm. across the day. I think uh, our listeners will be uh, really interested. I was, I was myself. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey guys, uh, we don't have the the pot to close out the show to do his his outro. We don't. Shall I outro or we, shall you, sir? I, we do. Yeah, uh, it, it's your move. Rock it. Let's roll it. How are we doing, guys? <laughs> Let us know, please. Send us your comments and questions. Follow us on the social networks, please. Check us out on iTunes and leave a review. 
We love those. Website, CannabisAgenda.com. You can hit us up at our email. It's info at CannabisAgenda.com. Give us a phone call. It's a voicemail. We've said before, we just want to reiterate that. This is a voicemail. We're never going to be there to say hello. <laughs> so maybe just a couple of calls. That'll be good enough. Um, phone 707-654-CAN. That's C-A-N-N or 2266. Uh, check us on iTunes, like I said. Uh, leave us some reviews. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, links from our website or search for Cannabis Agenda. And with that, I believe that's a wrap for show number 54 for Mr. Pot Green and the amazing producer. <laughs> oh, shucks. Uh, it's Cogs here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. <laughs> this is another one. Until next time, guys. Peace and pot. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace and pot. listening to the cannabis agenda your weekly source for cannabis related news and informed discussion we podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization medical marijuana and market information as always you can follow online with us at cannabisagenda.com so what are the dangers of using marijuana Gives you like a rapid uh, heartbeat. Smoker's cough. I'm sure it has some effect on your uh, brain function, memory. I don't know, is there something unhealthy about moving slowly? It's not good for you. You're not fully conscientious of what you're doing. Thicken some membranes in your brain or something. Well, it's been science, I guess it's, I get, I'm, I'm being told it's been scientifically proven that marijuana kills your, your brain cells. Ah, uh, that's the one I remember. Marijuana kills brain cells. I thought the same thing. You know, I didn't start smoking pot until about five years ago. I thought pot made you stupid. You know, I bought into it just as much as anybody did. I realized when I was like 30 years old that I was tricked. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. 1974, the Heath Tulin study. Ronald Reagan announces, the most reliable scientific sources say permanent brain damage is one of the inevitable results of the use of marijuana. Monkeys pumped full of marijuana, apparently 30 joints a day, had begun to atrophy and die after 90 days. Brain damage was determined after counting the dead brain cells of both monkeys who had been subjected to the marijuana and ones who had not. This study became the foundation of the government and other special interest groups claim that marijuana kills brain cells. Here's what they didn't tell you. After six years of requests, how the study was conducted was finally revealed. Instead of administering 30 joints a day for one year, Dr. Heath used a method of pumping 63 Colombian strength joints through a gas mask within five minutes over three months. They suffocated the monkeys. What they did is they put these gas masks basically on their face and they pumped pot into it, but without additional oxygen. So after X amount of time, the brain shut down. Well, if you suffocate, the first thing that's going to happen is your brain cells are going to die with lack of oxygen. So what they did is they suffocated the monkey, showed all these dead brain cells, and then, uh, then went on to associate it by saying that cannabis use causes your brain cells to die. And how many people, not knowing the origin of the study, have gone on to COVID? and record it, and now people believe it. Studies since have shown no signs of any brain cell damage. In 2005, new research suggested that marijuana could possibly stimulate brain cell growth. That study hasn't received the same attention. Another common belief, marijuana causes lung cancer. 
In the 1999 study by the Institute of Medicine that was paid for by the United States government, they had to use words like may and uh, should cause cancer. We've been hearing for years them trying to say that it causes lung cancer, and we say, really, that's interesting because you can't even show us one case of cancer being caused by cannabis use alone. You definitely have to do it moderately because it does paralyze the cilia, but if it's not radioactive, you're probably not going to get cancer from it. Smoking it can be harmful because of, of the, the proper use of smoke. Not as a result of anything in the cannabis plant, but because they're intaking heated plant matter into their lungs. People said, well, you don't know, we haven't been smoking it long enough. Look what uh, happened with cigarettes. We've had about four decades, or more than four decades of experience. If this was going to show up, it should have shown up by now. Finally, a study came out just in the last month verifying that cannabis smoke does not cause cancer. It's different than nicotine. And the elements in the tobacco smoke do cause cancer, and the elements in the marijuana don't. There's no cases of marijuana-only smokers getting brown lung syndrome. There's no cases of marijuana-only smokers getting emphysema. Strange for a plant that's so dangerous. How come none of that? Marijuana is as bad for you or worse than tobacco? Impossible. If they had the evidence, they'd be putting emaciated bodies or emphysema, lung cancer, black lungs. They would be parading them throughout the media. They don't have one. Yet people somehow rather think that it might cause the same thing. In fact, if you look at the straight deaths from substances, a different type of picture starts to appear. The number one killer in the country? It beat out AIDS, heroin, crack, cocaine, alcohol, car accidents, fire, and murder combined. Tobacco. That's a nasty, dirty thing to say, son. A lovely, pure white cigarette causing cancer. It gets me right here. 